Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, This is uh, episode 16 of the Samurai Brothers uh, podcast. And um, so when you're hearing that uh, name today, you might be wondering why we're uh it might seem a little bit different but that's because we've got uh big news we've uh matthew and i have been talking about this and we're really excited about um about uh, the direction that we're going so matthew do you want to explain to us uh, our goals or, or what we're planning on doing for the future well so in order to appeal to a wider audience and just to fulfill our general uh desires on what to cover we decided to go a little bit broader with the part podcast we are not just going to do wrestling we're going to do uh stuff that is either japanese or combat sports related so basically stuff that that um shows the whole desire of that our interests yeah the basically the stuff that um expresses the theme samurai brothers this you know the samurai spirit <laughs> so in that regards we're going to expand to expanding combat sports and combat sports anime and just stuff that's general japanese related because you know and i think i think that we were raised up enough to where the the samurai the Japanese lineage was just ingrained in us to where we want to be able to express that to kind <coughs> kind of a wider audience in that regard. So we talked about doing that before we launched, and then initially when we were going over it, we were going to do that. Then we switched to wrestling exclusively, and then we decided to expand broadly. This has been a constantly evolving show to put it is the best way to put it so we're we're gonna try this and most likely i think we're gonna we're gonna hit a wider audience doing it this way so we are excited we're still gonna cover wrestling because that's in the end our our sport we did that for over a decade uh of our respective lives and that's always gonna be a part of us that's part of our dna so it's part of our dna part of our lineage but uh even expanding on our lineage, you know, with our, our Japanese side of the family and, and just, um, you know, the fact that we lived in Japan and gone to Japanese school and we've done all sorts of stuff. So, yes. Uh, so hopefully um, you as our audience will be uh, following us through this journey of just talking about, you know, the experiences and then our interests uh, regarding Japanese culture, Japanese uh food language everything and then uh just yes our our love for sports combat sports um more to say so anyway matthew so episode 16 of the samurai brothers podcast today so uh as i mentioned before uh, today we're going to be looking at quite a few things so um first thing is uh as we had discussed about you know last week uh the final x stillwater determined uh, 50, 15 main members of the USA wrestling world team. 
Uh, and then um, the remaining members, uh, aside from one weight class, was decided uh, last Wednesday at Final X New York. And uh, the reason why it's only 14 weight classes instead of 15 was because uh, one of the members was injured. So it looks like they are going to have a special wrestle off later on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about today was the, uh, as people might be able to see in the screen share, is that um, the All Japan Kanto blood in this in this <laughs> match. Appropriate considering the blood time. Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, so this, and, and he scored it quite early because there's 227 left in the first period. So he got, he got an early shot in, you know, that's 33 seconds into the match. Uh, and then, and then Burroughs was verbally warned. So he got scored on and, he, and then he got verbally warned, but it looks like from here, it look, you know, and then. Marsteller was warned. He got put on the shot clock at 216 second period. But it looks like that um Burroughs just he he got the point for the for the for the passivity, but then he can only score a push out. So the the criteria is what won Marsteller the the second match. Blood time for both guys. Yeah. Uh, um oh, is that what it said? Can you see the screen? Yeah, I can see the screen. It's gone okay. in and out with blurry, but um, uh, yeah, I can see that. Okay, because my my screen it, it 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 says it pauses stuff, so I just want to make sure that you know you're at least um you're you're getting it on your side. So it gets blurry, it blacks out every so often, but it... okay. But yeah, like your like your oh. hold on a second. Uh. Okay, that'll be So yeah, you're right. Uh I missed this. So yeah, blood wow, that's quite a blood time for Marsteller and then blood time both both wrestlers have blood time. I forgot, is there a limit to freestyle blood time? Cause I, know I don't know. Because I know I don't know. I know there's a limit to folk style blood time. Well high school you have five minutes. Um they got rid of they got rid of blood time in collegiate. So yeah, there is no there is no blood time in collegiate wrestling. Un, I mean, unless it's a really bad injury, but you know, most of the time they're just gonna like you know, like if you got like a gash on your head or so, the 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 good trainers are just gonna wrap it up. And I've seen that you know quite a few times and I'm very sure that, that that's how they do it with Well that that is the immortal image of um Dan Gable standing atop the podium at the Olympics with uh, with the uh, mat tape still right. on his his forehead. Yeah, and then I, I I've seen that too and then you'll see the saying, you know, beneath like uh, if you if you see a picture of that and then the saying, you know, his saying below that says, once you've wrestled, everything else is easy. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how that went down. And then, you know, he took the third match, and then Burroughs took the third match 5-0. So, well, uh, one, thing, but, you one, know... one thing you have to say for sure is the fact that, you know, he uh, he's not wrong because once you've – it's like once you've gone through the, the, the discipline, the – mental discipline of wrestling 
Yeah, everything else in right. life is easy. Yeah. So, so that was it. That's an interesting one. So Burroughs, once again, going to the worlds. We'll see what happens. Can he, um, you know, can he add to his uh, resume, you know, as far as championships are concerned? He's a six-time world champion, which is one Olympic gold and then five world gold. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And as we've said, so he's, he's in a very exclusive club with John Smith and uh, was it Adeline Gray? Yes, I. Yeah, they said Adeline. Who's not going to so, pop that because she's pregnant? So, right. So, um, I I think we had predicted Taylor for this one. Yeah. Uh, Taylor taking it. Um, we'd have to go back and watch the. I I think, if I remember correctly, I think we thought it was going to go three matches because of just how interesting it was going to be, but um. Obviously, Taylor turned up the heat in uh, match two. I think he really wanted to really wanted to finish it off because uh, 10-0. Uh, but let's look at the box score for um, for the first match. See how interesting it got here. So, uh, so Zahid was Zahid got a verbal, but then it looks like he turned up the offense, and in turn, uh, Taylor was verbally warned. Then he was put on the shot clock. So looks like Zahid scored the first point uh, on the passivity, and then he and then on top of that he scored a pushout. But then he was put on for passivity because he was he had already been warned. So that meant that he got put on the shot clock, and Taylor scored on that. Looks like he scored a pushout, which meant that he was already um, in control at that point. And then he just added on to that by getting a takedown with 33 seconds left in the match. So I don't know if maybe that broke Zahid or not. Um, because then, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what's going on inside someone's head when you lose the first match, you know, close. And then you drop the next match, you know, being dominated in a, in a 10-0 fashion. Uh, what, what do you think about that well, it's probably also the fact that David Taylor didn't like having that close of a match. It's like that seems to be the theme of several of these matches is that mm -hmm. the uh, the defending guy doesn't like being shown up in a close match. So after that, it's like the the defending guy comes back and dominates the challenger, and the challenger's already demoralized because of the fact that they've lost. Now, granted... Um, uh, the Jordan Burroughs one, it's the challenger's like, oh, I could pull this off. Then Burroughs mm -hmm. is like, no, you're not. <laughs> right, because in the matches that Burroughs won, it was 4-0 and 5-0, so he never let him score. Right. So, yeah, um, Taylor obviously, he, he scored a four-point, so he scored a four-point throw uh, first, and then a couple of, and then just couple of takedowns so that's how he he put the the match away there so that's that's interesting all right so let's let's move on to the the heavyweight match so this one um i'm not sh so so i think we had uh looks like we were wrong looks like uh we picked uh Giodowski who had the more experience um, but Zilmer, 
Uh, Zomer takes this one. Took it two to one. So, Jadowski's uh, 5-0. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, let's... Okay, box score for match two. What do we have for that? So, Zomer, verbal warning, shot clock. So, Jadowski scores. Then he gets a takedown. So, he's leading 3-0 going into the second period. And that meant that Zomer really had to really had to improvise and come back. So scored a takedown. And then I think this looks like he scored a push out. And looking at this zero, I think I'd have to I'd have to go back and look at this. But I gotta imagine that this means that when he got pushed out, that his corner challenged. Because you have a you have a zero score here, and then you have a one score for Zilmer. So I, I guess they had to challenge because he was in a losing position anyway. So that's probably why they issued that challenge. And um Obviously, if you're in a losing position, you got to go for it, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's that one. And then so I'm seeing here. So let's look at this one. The box score for match three, it was five to five was the score. Jadowski, verbal warning. Uh, Zomer, verbal warning, then a shot clock um, at 111. So then Jadowski scores. So it's 1-0 going into the second period of the final match for the heavyweights. And so then it got pretty crazy here. Got pretty crazy here because Jadowski scored two takedowns, but then Zilmer scored a takedown. And eight seconds later, so I think that meant that he they were still down because if it's eight seconds, there's no way that you there's no way that you score two takedowns in eight seconds. So he must uh he must have got that gut wrench right before they were gonna call him up. So but he was still losing five to four and then he got a push out with nine seconds left. Can you imagine that? That's <laughs> well that kind of reminds me of my uh my league match my senior year. I was um trailing yeah, I, rem I remember that by a takedown and then the takedown uh won me the match yeah i think you were leading you, you were behind then you got ahead but then i think you got i i remember i think you got taken down like in the closing seconds of the match and i think you were still winning but i remember me and dad yelling it's like that's not a takedown <laughs> and um you know mom would always be uh not happy when me and dad would get very passionate about your matches <laughs> yeah Anyway, so that was interesting. So let's let's go into let's just go. I mean, if you want to look at box scores, we can. But so that's that's how that went. Uh, let's go into the Greco-Roman series. So I think we had picked half as off to win, uh, and indeed he did uh, two one. So uh that's for that one 67 greco alejandro sancho won it and i think we had kind of had a toss-up on this one 
Um, but close match here, 10-9 in the first in the first match. Uh, but then it was a little bit more in Sancho's favor, 5-2 in the second match. Well, when we said a toss-up, we weren't exactly wrong. They were close matches, even though the second one was right. a tad bit more dominant. And as so for, here, I think we said that the the other match would go back and forth as well. Yeah, this one with um, Kamal Bay and Britton Holmes. Now this is interesting because two pins in a row. So that meant well, and that that just means, you know, some good throws. That's that's basically what that is because especially that the last one, pin at six minutes. I forgot how good Army is at wrestling. Yeah. Particularly Greco. Yeah. And, so, of course, these, um, and of course, these aren't necessarily the guys who would have wrestled at Army. Right. These, the, Yeah, these are not the guys who would have wrestled at West Point. These are the guys who, you know, uh, these are like the enlisted guys who came in probably like straight out of high school or something right. like that and trained. so i i am noticing that all the freestyle final x people the the people who accepted their spots all three of them won i am noticing that and then when you get into the greco because kamal bay won alan vera over timothy young uh you had a pin at a minute and then you had a tech fall nine to one didn't we only have uh, one uh, Final X uh, recipient? Yeah, for Greco, and that was D'Angelo Hancock, and he won his match. Tech fall 8-0 in bout one, and then decision 8-2 uh, in the second bout. So, uh, yeah, still the lone Greco Final X. Still dominant by Greco standards. Right, right. That's only two so, points away from a... All right, so let's go into the freestyle, uh, women's freestyle. So I think we were right about this one. Hildebrandt and... Um, oh, she dominated. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Did nothing, both matches. Uh, so that one was obviously a uh, no no contest uh, there. So uh, we, we called that one right. Didn't I we, think this didn't one was kind of... Felicity Taylor this one? I think we did. So I we think we might up, have. Yeah. I think so. I think we have an upset here. Yeah. Next was, time, I think what we'll do is uh, was Taylor we'll let them make sure was Taylor the uh, the final X recipient or did we have a final X recipient? No, there was no final X for fifty three. Okay. Yeah. And well, that's not surprising for Helen. Yeah, Helen. Tech not fall, surprising. I think Amit Allure. I think we had called this one for Allure. Because uh, I think they had faced each other, and um, based on the results, I think we were not tech wrong. Tech fall, tech fall, man. These these were some dominant matches for the women at at uh, Madison Square Garden. So let me see if I can find. So um, there was the um, there was one match. The the one match uh, was not held uh because the and i forget her name so let me see if i can get into where it was at so they're not showing it but um and i'm forgetting her name so short memory on this but basically she had to pull out because um 
She was injured, so uh, that means the, that Helen's the front. Yeah, so um, there was an injury in the one women's match that was not held, so that means that they're going to. Um, you mean injury? Yeah, yeah. Or... There, here it is. Yeah, Kayla Miracle. Kayla Miracle. That's right. Here's the okay. Miracle receives a delay of Final X series against Rogers for medical reasons with site and date of series to be determined. So they'll you obviously know, have to... Uh, remember how when we were previewing it, uh, Helen had faced uh, What's-Her-Name in a, a special wrestle-off? Yes. So this might have been that similar situation because Helen's been dealing with injuries the past few years. Right. So, it's so this was possibly that situate kind of situation. Well, and I think for them to for for her to receive a special clearance means that you know the doctors know it was legit and everything, um, you know, for that. So um, obviously, well, so this well, this I, will. I think I think maybe the fact that it was miracle for the uh, game, the delay for the final X. Right, because she was she was the final X recipient, like it's saying she here. She was the final only, X recipient, and she'd re, she'd um, accepted it. Right, only like it says here, only a, a okay, only a twenty twenty one senior world championship medalist or twenty twenty Olympic medalist who earned an automatic birth can request a delay uh, for medical reasons. The request must be submitted as set forth at least forty eight hours prior to the scheduled weigh in. So, um, that's how she got the clearance. Now, I remember a few years so back. If if Rogers had gotten it, then Miracle would have gotten the automatic. Unless unless they gave it to right. the uh... right. If Rogers if Rogers was hurt, then that yeah, you're right. Um, they would have automatically given it to Kayla Miracle. Um. So, and uh, uh, I remember I remember a few years back, like the. Remember, uh, so Jaden Cox was, um, he was trying to fight for the Olympic spot uh, against the person who I think was the final X um, recipient. And that person ended up missing weight. And that person asked for a delay. And no. they did not. Yeah, they did not. They did not grant it to him. Yeah, it's like, it's like this is not the same thing. You need to make weight. <laughs> Right. It's not the, the, yeah, the, it's, the old... it's not this it's not the same thing. You didn't follow the twenty-four hours. You didn't say it's like if you're having troubles with your weight cut medically or something like that, then you need to have you need to follow those regulations. You show up not on weight. Tough luck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um so anyway, yeah. That'll be interesting. So you know, uh, we'll have to see how they do. The the world championships will be in the fall. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, and obviously, if the couple of these people, something happens to them, then the the runner-ups in the final X will take on take the the, spot. the top spot and represent at the Worlds. So I know some rankings came out, but um, we won't have time to get into that today. So, you know, maybe we oh, can yeah. talk uh, about one that. The, one of the projects that I need to work on is I think we talked about trying to figure out what births are given to what regions right. because right. because we're still kind of confused on how the world championships works. The Olympics we know how it works. 
It's yeah. X number of spots, which was enough for 16 bra- uh, man brackets in each spot, except for one, which was a 17-man bracket. The World Championships, we're trying to figure out what, how the heck does this work? Right, because it can range anywhere from, I don't know, 12 in one weight class to, I think, what was the 30, what was the really big one? 30. 30, 30 yeah, one. 31 or something. 31. So, we're really trying to figure that one out. My guess, my guess, it's only a guess, is I'm wondering if, if there's a just total allocated number of of spots at the world championships, but that would not make any sense at all. You know, at least, at least like, you know, for the NCAAs, you know, they, they do it based that there's a set number of, of spots or, or, you know, of, um, bracket, uh, I don't know how, what would be the best thing to call them. Um, you know, Let's just call them verse. verse. Yeah. You know, bracket verse at, at the NCAAs, it's 33. And then conferences get, you know, depending on how they did throughout the season, you know, that's where they're going to get their number of, of um, spots at the NCAAs. And then you've got, uh, and then you've got, uh, I think they allow up to like five at larges, but, you know, anyway. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I, I think uh, once you find out about that, uh, those world championship allocations. I mean, as we get closer to it, that'll be interesting to see what happens. So that yeah, that concludes. Well, our theory was that it might have been based off of region, but then also that mm-hmm. you know, depending on how someone did, you could get because there were multiple teams that took full teams. The U.S. took it took a full team. I think Japan took a full team. Uh, Mongolia took full teams in their f- both freestyles, but no one in Greco. You know, it's... it's. I, I, I really do think that part of it is probably... Um, part of it is probably based off of... Um, like, bursts, but there's also, like, alternate spots. Because, remember... For this world, for for the final X, we filled out it out for everybody, every weight class. And again, this isn't like the the Olympics where there's only X number of spots, and not every nation is going to send someone in every weight class. This is everyone getting something for every weight class. Yeah. Which last year at the World Championships we took someone for every weight class and alternates. So be interesting. So that concludes final X New York. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, there will be the Kayla miracle match. Are there any major tournaments in between now? And uh... I'll have to double check. There's probably going to be some stuff here and there. I know that they have um, the, they were having the, U14 and U16 um, dual nas- duels nationals going on. So that's where they get a lot of um, and uh, duels you know, nationals. there was 
yeah, duels nationals, basically freestyle and Greco. Um, they they get they get literally when I was looking this up, it takes place in Indiana, and the all the states send um, you know these um, yeah a team that that you know whoever qualified for those teams. Um, and they go. So it's a it's a very extensive. It's a it's a long tournament because I was asked if I want to go, but when I looked at you know the fact that it's a it's a week long tournament. So um, I'm hoping maybe if I if wait, I wait, if I'm given a, the opportunity. Wait, go as a spectator or go as something else. I was I was invited. I was invited to go officiate. Oh, oh, yeah. That, uh, well, someone asked me. I was I wasn't officially invited. Um, there was an official who I'd been working with a, a few months back, and they asked if I if I was interested in going, and they gave me the contact for you know the the person who was getting people out of California to go. Um, but I when I was looking at the timing and stuff, it was it was unfortunately not working out. But hey, maybe next year if. Uh, I, I they would asked imagine, me again. I would imagine that you'd have to get X number of officials from each state. Probably. Oh, I gotta, I gotta imagine they'd get a lot of officials. I mean, when you're thinking about it, you know, when you're you're fielding, you're fielding it in two categories. So you're fielding it in two categories, which is U14 and U16, and then you're doing both styles. Freestyle and Greco, so it's no wonder it's a week long event. That kind of reminds me of um, uh, uh, I did as a um, I did in my senior year get an invite to um, back when there was the SCWA, but it's you know it's now the Orange County Wrestling Association. Um, Tom Casperi, the late Tom Casperi, quite a character. Uh, asked me, and he was the he was the association head at the time. He asked me if I wanted to go represent the team, and uh, I think there was some kind. Initially, I was gonna commit to it, but I think some conflict of interest came up, and I wasn't able to go. But I was gonna represent the team at the the state uh, duel associate uh, the association mm. duels. Yeah, I think I think, I think nowadays state... I think nowadays they have, as I recall, I want, uh, they have like an actual qualification tournament. For well, the, yeah, so for so, the guys to represent the um... right. What happens? Yeah, what happens is is now that each association in each USA Wrestling Association within the state will have a they they set they set their dates for for a qualification tournament. For who will go represent at the state duels, and my guess, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see. Maybe if I can work it in, so maybe I can do that, you know, next year because I've got some contacts, and that would be an interesting experience. Because uh, I'm very sure that the state duels deter, you know, they they. We'll use that to determine who's going to represent at the at the U fourteen U sixteen nationals national duels. Like who goes based off of age? 
Well, my guess, because I'm very sure they're doing it, you know, they're, they're, the, the associations are dueling each other. My guess, and it's only a guess, is that you are picked based on how well you did at the association duels, you individually. So, like, let's say you won all your matches, then, you know, you're, you're like, the first pick for representing at the Nationals. Depending on the age category. Depending on the age category. Again, it's only a guess. So, well, And as I recall, I was going to represent in both Freestyle and Greco. Yeah. I don't know if they have, if you go out and you do separate divisions now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That, I can't remember you know. how that tournament goes. I just remember that it was, it was, uh, I think it was at Phil. It was either at Phil Parker, was it El Dorado or Canyon, mm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, this well, again, this was a decade ago. I was, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so but so. yeah, but yeah, based off of if how well you do it, be you'd either go represent at U twenty or U sixteen or U. U14. Let's get into some Japanese wrestling, Matthew. So, this is the Kanto Regional Tournament for... This is the... This would be the uh, all-Kanto high school wrestling tournament in Japan. And basically, it's it's all the... There's... At least in the Japan Wrestling Federation, there's... Um, the Kanto region for high school comp comprises... Eight, um, prefectures. eight prefectures in for considered to be met- metropolitan um, Tokyo with a few others that are kind of um, out there like bordering Mount Fuji and all that. So anyway. Right, because the, um, the, when we're talking about Kanto, for people who don't know, the Kanto plane basically goes out to Mount Fuji, to Tokyo, mm-hmm. and then I guess north and south to mountain ranges, or is there's like some there's some kind of cutoff? Probably to the well, I gotta imagine to the Pacific Ocean. So, but that um, is the Pacific, think, right? So at least uh, I mean, I mean, uh, how far south do you go? What's the cutoff? And then so the cutoff, the cutoff would be Shizu. Shizuoka Prefecture. Shizuoka is then put into the um, the next region. So I, I know that Shizuoka kind of borders like Kanagawa, Yamanashi. Um, so oh, I didn't you realize know. Kanagawa is considered the southernmost uh, um, Kanto Prefecture. Uh, yes, it would be. Well, that's, that's correct. It's, it's kind of confusing because you're then you're talking about like south east, yeah, or southwest, south south. Yeah, you're talking about southwest, almost directly west, right? At that point, okay. So so it's, so it kind of so it kind of like so here's Fuji, here's roughly Tokyo. So it would kind of go like like that, and then what's the northern? Well, so if you're going up, so if you're going up along the uh, the coast, you've got Chiba Prefecture, which is where Narita Airport is at. 
if you go above that, so Where's directly Saitama? north. Saitama's in in Chiba Prefecture, right? No, Saitama Prefecture is directly above Tokyo Prefecture. Uh, next to Chiba. Um, Chiba's to the east, and you got Saitama to the to the north, and then kind of what's fitting in between. Oh right, um, right, oh right, right, right. Because Tokyo is like within to Tokyo Prefecture is within Tokyo Bay, so you've got the bay right. here. So directly to the east, kind of like going over that that other. Um, yeah, the bridge. Yeah, the. Well, I was I was gonna say you've got that other peninsula. Right. Um, the, the the peninsula encompasses Chiba Prefecture. Okay, and then directly north, that's Saitama. So, right no, Chiba and Saitama are not connected. So, Saitama is a bit more northwest. So, like here? Yeah, because I think what fits, if my geography memory serves me correct, I think what fits above kind of Chiba and, um, Chiba and you know, what fits kind of between Chiba and Saitama, north of Tokyo, towards the east, is going to be, you're going to have, like, Tochigi Prefecture, and you're going to have, like, Ibaraki Prefecture. Okay, so you've got, like, Tochigi, Ibaraki, Chiba, Saitama. Yeah. And then and then the ones that are more to the west, Ch towards Chiba, Fuji. Of and Chiba was the one that got directly hit by the the tsunami, right? The no, the tsunami. The tsunami was actually Fukushima, which is north which is more north. Is it directly yeah, that's connecting even, Chiba, or is it a prefecture or two above Chiba? I think it's a prefecture or two or above. Yeah, that. Well, it's. Uh, I I think. Yeah, that's that's kind of like something I wanted to kind of emphasize is the fact that, like I was talking about, there's that peninsula that I think Chiba inhabits, right? Mm -hmm. That shielded Tokyo from a direct hit from the tsunami, and also shielded our home of Yokosuka from the tsunami. The Muna Pen Peninsula. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so for doesn't want to zoom in. Um, yeah, so, so I was... So that's so yeah, Chiba. I was, okay, yeah. So, so you got... Um, so that's Chiba. Right, you got Chiba. So yeah, actually... Yeah, Chiba and Saitama are... are they, they, they are the two bordering... Um, Tokyo. Prefectures. Then above them is Ibaraki, Tochigi, and Gunma. And then to the west, to the west of Tokyo is Yamanashi, which um, on this map it's considered to be another um, region. But at least in the high school, you know, in the in the um, in the Japan Wrestling Federation, it's considered Kanto. So Yamanashi is considered Kanto. So it's the eight prefectures. So that's how that works. So uh, just a real quick um, 
look at how the All Japan Kanto tournament went. And um, to kind of put it in perspective, um, which this is not surprising, uh, it's actually here in this thing called the Gakko Taiko Sen, which was basically um, they do not duel at the Kanto tournament. And unlike most Kanto tournaments in Japan that are held in other varying sports, this particular Kanto tournament does not qualify uh, athletes for the inner high tournament. A lot of other sports will use their Kanto high school tournaments to qualify for the inter high, which is the Japanese high, all Japan high school nationals. Which I think is how it should be done, but right, they do use they do use another uh, all Kanto tournament that takes place in February as a qualifier for the nationals that takes place in March. So as I've explained before, they have two national tournaments when it comes to um, boys freestyle and um, and duels. But uh, in this case, they don't actually have dual competition. Uh, they score points for the teams based on their finishes, and it's only the finishes. So unlike in the U.S. where, you know, tournaments, your your match outcome can also contribute points to your team. So in this case, it's only your finish that contributes points to the team. So, uh, as you know, Japan so the winner... very inconsistent scoring criteria when it comes to the various tournaments. Because uh, mm-hmm. in the U.S., it's the finish and the round. That's right. how that's how the team scoring is determined. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So in this case it's just what place you get determines how many points your team is going to get. So uh looking at um looking at this I'll actually go to the I think this is uh the team score here. So the team score is here. And let me zoom in a bit here. So the winner and the winner of this, which you know would not be surprising because they placed in all eight weight classes, was uh, Nippon Sports Science uh, Kashiwa High School, which math, as I've noted before, is headed by the former coach of another powerhouse school, which was Kasumi Gauda. But now this. For all um, intents and purposes, it's the modern Kasumi Gauda. It, it is now the modern Kasumi Gauda uh, because it's headed by Osawa, uh, this this coach, you know, who I'd really like to know how he's been able to do it. But anyway, so um, well, I, they well, they ended up winning five weight classes and still taking second and then third in the other. So all the wrestlers placed no no not any lower than third so you know i you know, do have a question are you allowed to transfer in japanese high school or is it you go there and that's it normally it's whatever school you're going to you're going to finish out of unless you're going to drop out to a lower level school um you know that's so like when I was going to high school, I, I know that there were some people who did end up dropping out. I don't know where they went. 
But um, and I don't know if you have to actually take the entrance exam again or not because Nichi, remember, Nichi Fuji is uh, high. So some people just couldn't cut it at Nichi Fuji. Right, they, they they wouldn't be able to cut it. Which speaking of Nichi Fuji, my alma mater, they did get one guy to place. He took fourth. Um, if you look at line number thirty nine, uh, that one. Is and uh, he placed fourth at 65 kilos. So we did have one guy. He he did go against the person who took second, I think. And then he um, he did a he was able to get into the rapage. So, um, but yeah, it looks like the former powerhouse Kasumigata did end up taking seventh. Um, but overall, the score. I mean, you look at the score. Uh, Kashiwa High School had 53 points, and then the next highest team only had 20, which was Hanasaki uh, Tokuharu from Saitama. Uh, and then after that, third place was Jiugaoka High School from Tokyo with 19 points. So, uh, you know, this, this, this Kashiwa team is going to be dominant for quite a long time as long as this coach Osawa is heading that team well i guess the question there is what's the retirement age for um i don't know and you know because this is a private university i think they can probably operate out of the normal boundaries oh so they could just employ him until he chooses i to. yeah i i i have no idea when so, he's going so to. that would have well like like Michi Fuji, how old was Harasho when he chose to retire? Harasho retired at at sixty five. You know the normal, the normal retirement age. Yeah, but Michi Fuji is a private school, right? It is a private school. Yes. So he could have gone longer if he had chosen to, but he just chose to to cash out. Well, I think probably in their case, they probably do have uh, because my homeroom teacher. Um, Matsuji also retired at 65. So I think, I think in their case, it's probably worked in their contracts. So even I, I, I would think. So even though they're a private school, they still go by the national. The, yeah, I think the, so. The graduation age. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. But not it's, every. Uh, but not every private high school in Japan has to go by that. Yeah, I think, well, I think it depends on the organization. I really think it does. Uh, the organization as in the, the prefecture? No, not the prefecture. The, the well, the, um, the school. So the school could choose to go by the national graduation age. They could choose to, choose to not go by the graduation age. You mean the retirement the, age? Yeah, the retirement yeah. age, I meant. Yeah. And... What's this the this, this probably this probably requires a bit more research. I think it does. Well, I guess another question would be how old's the guy now? Well, I think he re I think he quote unquote retired from Custom Yagata. I think they let him go when he turned sixty. And that's based and off I, that's based off of That has to have been probably it's been a good five to six years since then. So he's sixty five, sixty six. Yes, if my if my calculations are correct. 
Yeah, it's it, it you know it's it's funny because people um yeah, it's like it's like, you know, a lot of people are mesmerized by like Japan and stuff like that, but it's just like they have some strict stuff going here. It's a, well, They do. Yeah, well, well that that's because of the concept of a mandatory retirement age. You don't have that here in the US. There's been lawsuits forcing people to not uh forcing companies to drop their mandatory uh, retirement ages. Like, let's throw this out here. Nick Saban is in his 70s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll is in his 70s. These guys are old by these standards. And they're still going and they're still coaching. So... And if they were, if, you know, if... If you went by this standard, they they would have been gone long ago. So that's right. You know, an interesting thing I heard in Okinawa, they don't really have a retirement age per se. Well, now see if you're running your own business, oh, that's yeah. another thing in Japan. Like I remember Dad and I when when um, I was staying with them in in Sasebo. And um, they had like a local channel where they'd have these local news media people. They'd kind of go out throughout the Sasebo area and they'd kind of visit with some of these businesses. And that was an old lady that was running like a cafeteria in her 90s and still going strong. Now, I don't know about now because of how long, you know, it's quite a few years ago. So not sure if she's still around, but hey, man. Uh, there are certain industries and stuff where retire you know the mandatory retirement age is not a factor um if you're in public service though it will be uh in public service i believe it's 60 is the is the mandatory uh re retirement age well and of course um, we're of course we're talking about the nation that bring that um we're not talking about the nation of anime and <laughs> you know Stuff like that that we're going to talk about later, but you know, people kind of have to understand the cultural. Uh... Yeah, you know, you, you you know, I I I love hearing of a, a lot of people who aspire to go to Japan and stuff, and they think they're going to make it big, and I uh, you know, it's good to aspire. It's just not going to be what it's, you. It's hard to break into certain industries. It's not what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so just an FYI, but like, well, anyway, if we're going to throw one example out there, Bob Sapp, <laughs> you know, Bob Sapp at his prime with his big old celebrity, but he had like a certain personality in which he was able it, to, it just doesn't, it just doesn't translate any, I, I don't hear much about him unless you, unless you're keeping up with him. And, uh, yeah, no. well, but, just, you know, just, just in I'm his just case, saying, I'm just saying in his prime, both in his prime, both competitively and when it comes to being a celebrity, again, Ojin in uh, Japan, he just had all those factors that went in his favor. Speaking of which, something very interesting. I know I'm getting off on tangent here. Um, someone actually made stats in the custom, uh, the current like UFC uh, game uh, customization. They create a Bob Sap. It, it looks like Bob Sapp. He's a big behemoth. He's a heavyweight. He's limited uh, to striking. 
uh, can you imagine? I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, because um, Dana White would not allow Bob Sapp Bob anybody. Bob Sapp really. wouldn't have been able to make weight. Bob oh, Sapp, well, yeah, he wouldn't have been Bob able to. But Sapp now, was, he, if Bob you look Sapp at. Was over 300 pounds. Well, if you look at his recent. I, I watched one of his recent matches. He's a jobber now. He goes out there, he, he, he takes the paycheck. It's like the, the match I saw, he lasted maybe 30 seconds. He he goes out there. Once you clip him and he goes down, he's not going to do anything. You know, just a, a far, you know, far removed from the beast persona that he developed, you know, early on. You know? Um, not sure what he's doing right now, but. You know, it is what it is. Um, anyway, I, I, so yeah, you know. You know, he went on the Ariel Hawani podcast, and I think Ariel, who is very patient with a lot of people, ended up throwing him off the show because he was just like, I need you to – because he was go- – he, he, uh, he was kind of going – being like overly goofy, and he's like, like, Bob. I need to talk to you, like honestly. I we can't keep having this conversation. If you and he was still going, <laughs> uh, you know, at at his prime, the WWE actually tried to sign him. Remember, remember when he fought Akebono the first time, and then when he KO'd Akebono, beach, trail. and then he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to, he was trying to pick a fight with Mike Tyson. Tyson, you're next. The problem with that fight was Tyson's. Uh, um, yeah, he, he was he was banned record, from his criminal record kept him from going to Japan. I yeah. think they were trying to compromise and have a fight in Hawaii, but it just it never got done. Yeah. Okay, well let's let's uh, get new um, Otani Shohei Otani. Otani. Um, so just a real quick um, question, update. I, so I, I do, I do have a question. Uh, is the O in Otani is that kanji the king? O or no? Is, okay. It's it's the it's the kanji for big, so it's extended. Okay. That's why they spell his name out O H. Okay. Although if it, you you put O H on its own, that's that's you know that that's how they spell O Sadaharu, if you remember him. Osadaharu, he he was the he was the manager for the for the Hawks when they were the Fukuoka Daiei Hawks. Remember that? Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, you got you got Osadaharu who ran the the Fukuoka Daiei Hawks. If you remember that, and he won a I title. Miss, like, I miss them being the Daiei Hawks because whenever you know, well, like, whenever they were doing well, Daiei would uh, would like. Have the put, sale? Yeah, have the sale. Well, actually, you know what? It was only that one year that they. It was only that one year that they won. You they know didn't. Really, they didn't win again. You know what's? They really, did not. Yeah. Go ahead. You know what's really crazy? Um, I actually looked up um the two daies that we we frequented the Atsugi and Yokosuka ones. They're no longer daies. Those buildings are something else. I think the, at, that's correct. Yeah, the, oh, yes. no. the Ayase one is now a Don Quixote, and uh, I don't know exactly what the um, Yokosuka one is, but it's not a um, it's not a Daiei anymore. 
yeah, I think it's called. I, yeah, I think it is called something else. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Daiye is a supermarket in um, Japan. Well, it was a big. It was, well, especially in Yokosuka, it was a big shopping center. Yeah, it was more. Well, it was they. They did two things. They did supermarkets and they did malls. Their basic. Yeah, that was a mall. Yeah, their basic brick and mortar um, stores are, um, are supermarkets. But the Ayase and the Yokosuka ones were malls. The Yokosuka one being like what five stories or something. It was like a five that? or six. It was it a was five a, or six story. It was a complex. five or six story complex with like with. Two stories of uh, of parking. Well, and then yeah, it had like it had shopping, you know, shopping for like appliances and stuff. It had a food movie court. theater, food court, movie theater, grocery shopping, um, household goods shopping, clothes and everything. Yeah, it was it just was a, it was a traditional. I mean, the building is still there. The building a- is still there, but it's no longer under Daiye management because. Well, well, Daiye went uh, went into bankruptcy, right? Yes, they went into bankruptcy. Yeah, so they're still around, but I think they had they had to liquefy a bunch of assets, right? Right, and one of those assets was the it was the Hawks baseball team. So, yeah, so they, um, they um, oh maybe you should explain maybe how should how they, Nippon yeah. professional baseball works. Yeah. Or, well, well, I mean, basically, it's Nippon Professional Baseball. It's it's a bunch of companies that own the baseball teams, and I think a lot. I think a is, lot of times the companies similar, have to, which is similar to American baseball, but that's not. The, the yeah, norm, but the, the norm in Japan is the companies are owned by them. Yeah, the companies and, own it, and the companies subsidize the teams if the teams are taking a loss right. over here. The you know these professional teams are, for the most part, privately owned, or yeah. they're they're owned by the holding companies, uh, but they don't see over here. Is, wait a minute, is um is what's it called? Um, are the uh, the Mariners still owned by Nintendo? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, well, like for well, one example we'll throw out is that the Angels used to belong to the um, uh, used to belong Disney. to Disney. They now, um, you know, uh, right? They're owned by Art Moreno. Yeah, Art Moreno, who is a uh, advertising magnet. I think that's still right. his, that's still how he makes most of his money, right? Right. Yeah, that's still his thing. But see, the difference between professional sports teams over here versus uh, teams over in Japan, well, specifically Nippon Professional Baseball, is that all the teams in Nippon Professional Baseball are going to have the company's name uh, on there, which is why um, I think the Hawks are owned by a SoftBank. SoftBank. Yeah, SoftBank. Yeah, they're owned by SoftBank. So they're the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. Um, I think the only... When we were there, I know that the only team in NPB that did not use the company name was the Yokohama based on Yeah, I was about to say, I, I remember them. Uh, who are they owned by? Uh, good question. Um, the base stars, yeah. The, the, it's like, yeah, otherwise everyone else, the Yomiuri I, I, Giants. I think the Yomiuri Giants. So, um, 
So the base stars are owned by DNA, which I believe is a um, is an internet company. Looks like they now go by the yeah yeah now they now they go by the Yokohama DNA base stars. But I I they 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 definitely were not owned by DNA uh, before they well you know, it's, it's changed like, the name. It's like we were talking about the ownership goes on on a regular base or. Ownership changes go on on a regular basis, right? So, so I guess I guess, and I was reading somewhere that the companies uh, basically write um, the, the subsidized expenses off as advertising, essentially. I think so. Well, it makes sense. You have your name on the team. You might as well say that's advertising. We're going to write mm -hmm. that off as an expense. Yeah. Well, that's like, anyway. you know, it used to be the Staples Center. Now it's the um, the, the Crypto.com Center. That just sounds so weird. That's a, that's a memory, you know. I remember I remember going to Staples Center when it was the Staples Center. And I think I'm probably going to, you know, keep I, calling it Staples Center. I remember but. back when we used to go to something called the Arrowhead Pond that is now the Honda Center. Oh, yeah, it used to be called Arrowhead Pond. I still subconsciously think of it as the Arrowhead Pond. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue remembering it as the Honda Center. I mean, you know. It's not the worst, it is what it is. It's not the worst name out there. The StubHub. No, not. No, versus, versus Crypto.com. Yeah, I think that's not the worst name. You know, Honda Center. Yeah, that's pretty easy to remember. Crypto.com. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of that. But hey, that that you know, that's that's the company who uh, who has that now. Anyway, so Matthew, if you remember, um, well, I don't know if you've been following much, but uh, I mean, I was hearing it in the news. Uh, the Angels went on a 14 game losing streak, and uh, which ended up with them sacking um, manager Joe Madden. So they have an interim coach. But uh, looks like uh, when I'm looking at uh, interim looks like manager, right. Um, but it does look like Otani uh, did contribute to helping the team, you know, get some, uh, you know, get their emotion back. And uh, but I'm always I'm always amazed by Otani. In fact, I got to um, I think it was last year. I got to I had an opportunity to go watch him. I was invited to to. Um, uh, go watch a game uh, that he was playing in. He was playing position um, for that game, and uh, he actually hit a home run. So I, and, and uh, I was able to, to record it and get it on, uh, get it on, uh, you know, my phone and stuff, and that was really exciting. You know, I've always thought of Otani as being this very rare guy because he's a pitcher in the American League, which does designated hitters. Mm -hmm. So, but but he can play position too, which is another thing. And and when, when if you look at, uh, I don't remember, but I'll look it up on Wikipedia here real quick. Let's see here, Shohei Otani. So let's see here. I was refreshing myself recently about the post system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that post system. 
You want to educate people on the post system? The the posting system was developed by NPB to prevent um, Japanese players from getting signed um, by the MLB without some kind of monetary compensation to Nippon Professional Baseball because obviously while the players want to go right while they're still under contract. Obviously, the players want to go to. You know, uh, all the Japanese players, they want to go to the MLB because, you know, the MLB is the big leagues. So basically what that means is that they're, you know, the teams are, well, one, are agreeing to buy out the contract, but two, they're they're paying a fee just to be able to negotiate with the prospective player that they want to recruit to the MLB. And even if they, even if an MLB team pays a posting fee, that doesn't necessarily mean that that player is going to sign on with them. Uh, that just means that they entered into negotiations, whether or not they succeed in negotiating, they still got to pay that posting fee. And it ends up being kind of a bidding war. So you could have some teams that they really want the, the, the Japanese player. They'll really put in the money. Uh, I don't remember who it was. There was one player. But there was there was a, quite a few teams that ended up being in a seven digit bidding war. I think I, I don't know if it was you Darvish or someone else. What um, happened to you Darvish? He was kind of a letdown. Yeah, he 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 was. Um, I think it was the was it the the Rangers? I think he played for the Texas Rangers. I thought it was the Dodgers. I think he was with the Dodgers, but I also think he was with the Texas Rangers too. Okay. Yeah, it's like um, everyone was white hot on this guy, and then he comes over here and he doesn't really do much. Well, you know, he he well because I think he pitched in the World Series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think he was on the Dodgers team that won the World Series. He, did, uh, um, he didn't have like this stellar career that like Ichiro or Matsui or even Otani. Um, well, um, Otani. Otani is is a, a bit of a rarity. Uh, I'm trying to find out where he, which um, position he plays. Yeah, position he plays. Is be in his upper stats up there? I feel like it's going to be up there. I think it's going to be in his lower stats here. Okay. Pitching endorsements. Oh, he's got a, quite a bit of endorsements. For those, style. Of, for those of you who don't know, Darvish was he was half Pakistani. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Half past. And he half Japanese, and uh, yeah, he he posted, and then he comes over here, and he, like we said, he was in the Dodgers team, but uh... okay. So Otani will um, at times play in the outfield. Does it say what position in the outfield? Not doesn't say. It looks like he plays any of the positions in the outfield. So he's flexible. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's pretty flexible. But um, I think I think there was a I, I saw a game where he he I think in one of the games this weekend he got to 101 miles. You know, so oh, yeah, he's yeah he's a he can play position, that. he can play position, he averages some you know in the high 90s in his pitching. He's he's a fast runner. He can steal bases. And he can hit home runs. 
and he's up to like 13 or 14, I think, in this season. I mean, the, the, he, he is phenomenal. You know, he, he is the phenom. He is, he is the Japanese sensation right now. And, uh, you know, got to give props to him. But uh, I think, I think this will, this will be good for us to try. And um, I think if we can follow the, once NPB is, is in full, I think NPB is going on right now. I think based on that, that Yokohama stats that I was looking up, but might be interesting to see who's going to be the next big Japanese star that might post. Oh yeah. And, um, oh yeah. Let's talk about another thing about NPB. There's Gaijin limits. Oh yeah, they only get they only get three per three on the roster. Try try limiting someone by race over here. See how that rolls over. Yeah, I wonder if it wouldn't roll right. It's now. like there's there's it's like that's something else that people don't understand. There's some I know you know. Let's be honest. There's still some deep seated racism going on in Japan. Uh. But what's um what's the other word for it? not not prejudice? Yeah, there's still some prejudice going on. Well, like for example, you know, well another way. Eventually, when we get talk, when oh, we get around to talking about sumo. Oh yeah, you know they only they only allow one foreigner per stable, and um, for people who don't know what you know sumo, we'll we'll get around to that um, at some point. What's the next so, special? So the next Basho will be the next tournament, Basho as it's called, uh, will be in July, and uh, it will be held in Nagoya. Um, and that's just called the Nagoya Basho, right? It's called the Nagoya Basho. It'll be it'll be held at Dolphin Arena. That's that's what it's called. <laughs> so anyway, what's there normally? Probably, it might be close to Nagoya Dome, but don't quote me on that. Just, so, let me, for, hold for on. Place that's, for place considering the sport of sumo, that just sounds like a bizarre venue to be holding up. Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Okay, that makes more sense. Also known as Dolphins Arena. Home arena of the Nagua acquired the B League. It what's the B League again? Uh, I gotta imagine that the B League is probably oh, <laughs> it's a professional men's basketball league that began in Japan in September 2016. The league is operated by the Japan Professional Basketball League. It was formed as a result of the merger between the NBL that was operated by FIBA. So, so it looks like they have a professional basketball league over there. Yeah. It's not great, but yeah, it is well, what it is. Considering Slam Dunk, I'm surprised that it took that long. Yeah, you know, slam dunk, that was the real big 
basketball that promoted, anime. And I think that it's, promoted basketball in Japan. That heavily promoted basketball in Japan. Yeah, it did. Um, I, 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 I think, and and then for you'll see you, other. For those of you who don't know, Slam Dunk was an anime that went. Or, it was a manga. No, it was a manga that became an anime, as so many manga do. Um, and it was about basketball in Japan. And it was. I remember when we first went over there. It was like in the prime, it as was, far as it was in the prime. Yeah, it was. We were. We went there at the height of that series. Yeah, that's that was part of our introduction to anime. It was a good one too. Yeah, it, it was. It was you know, our our introduction to Japanese uh, face faults, as they call it, which is the funny faces. Yeah, that that. <laughs> Some of the watered down Sailor Moon dub, but that was like nothing. That was nothing. Yeah, the the face faults and Slam Dunk are yeah. Sailor Moon doesn't have anything on Slam Dunk when it comes to face faults. I mean, <laughs> just yeah, it doesn't. Anyway, all right, Matt. Let's get into the the main event of our of our podcast. Everyone, the the moment you've been waiting for. Um, I'm gonna kind of pull up the the screen. Um, so Matthew, I am gonna kind of uh, I'm hoping and uh, I'm actually gonna uh, just just to um, keep us from getting um, not uh, copywritten and stuff. I'm gonna not screen shares, but um, I just want to make sure you read it right. Yep. So. Okay, so what uh, I'll 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 pull it up and we'll kind of just go. I'll just kind of go through the page, uh, not necessarily go through all the pages, but uh, one of the, one of the first thing that um, you know the short story that they got going on in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, the ladies German, and gentlemen, the German 66. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, chapter one thousand fifty-two of One Piece uh, premiered today in the United States, and um, you know we're right at the end of the Wano arc. Um, you know, uh, oh, um, just, uh, Matthew, make sure that, uh, when you're, uh, going to upload this to YouTube, we need to make sure that, uh, in the title, you need to put spoilers included. So everyone, uh, we're giving you about five seconds. If you don't want to be spoiled by one piece, uh, we're just giving you that warning right now. So in five, four, three, two, one, we are going into spoilers. So Matthew, chapter 1052 of One Piece, uh, Germa 66 uh, short story that was going on. Um, it looks like Reju, and um, I can't remember which brother this is, but they've run into Caesar Clown, uh, of all people. So Matthew, could we be seeing Caesar Clown joining the Germa? Wouldn't, wouldn't stranger, that be something? Stranger things have happened in um uh, in, in, in One Piece, Piece, yeah. Stranger things have happened. I mean, who? Would, yeah. I mean, who would have thought that Crocodile and Duffy would be fighting together? Yeah, after after the first time, in, you know, after down. they concluded their fight. Yeah, after they concluded like their they, fight the first like, time. Yeah, because because you because they were literally trying to kill each other, and then. You know, here they are after they've like fought blood, tried to kill each other. They're, you know, fighting together to break out of Impel Down. 
Mm-hmm. So stranger things have happened. And what's really been interesting is about, you know, the fact that Luffy's fruit, at least, you know, officially out in the world, it's the Gomu Gomu no Mi, which is the rubber rubber fruit. But it's actually the human human fruit or, or bottle, the, or as or as it's um or as the English for kids dub called it the gum gum fruit, which and I think the the um Funimation dub actually I think yeah the gum gum fruit yeah actually I think you're right I think they did stick with that um so you know but now it's it's. At least according to the uh, the Gorose, it's actually the the human human fruit model Nika, aka um, the Sun God, which is you know it's like okay so this thing is really who out, went out. I, I who went out there and put it all on the line and defeated the strongest defeated creature in the world. in the world. And um, so I gotta imagine this. This had to be Joy Boy's fruit, original. It had to be. I think if there was a historical Nika, he had that fruit. If there was someone who was based off of it, it might have been Joy Boy. He was based off. He, you know, the legend evolves from the user of that fruit. Yeah. I think what I think is the fruit inspired the legend. So. Gorose are panicking because now it's like, you know, oh, Kaido, no. two two emperors of the sea are down, and um, you know, so that they're and uh, I like how one of the Gorose is saying we can't cover this one up, so it's gonna um, really be out there. They're trying to get CP zero to capture Nico Robin, but it's looking like it's you know it's. The the agent from CP Zero is in a really tight spot, and uh, no telling if he's going to succeed at getting Robin. But uh, I'll tell you what: if they were to somehow get Robin, then then there's really going to be war. Um, I think though, if I think I think Robin is definitely going to play a central theme in this because I think not only is you know, the world government after Nico Robin, but um, I know how, I remember uh, quite a few chapters back that the Blackbeard pirates were mobilizing. I think they're going to go after Nico Robin as well. Yeah, it's amazing how Nico Robin's ability, it's like her knowledge and her ability to translate the, um, the Poneglyphs is making her this coveted asset. Mm-hmm. And I think... Black, you know, we've talked, you and I have talked privately about Blackbeard, and there's been a lot of talk as well about how Blackbeard inherited well in One Piece is this really strong thing. And we know that most likely the inheritor of Gold Rogers, Gold D. Rogers' will is Luffy, but he might have also inherited the will of a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but right. we also talk, but inherited will can also go the other way. So it's very possible that the inheritor of rocks, Dizabek's will is probably Blackbeard. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, I, I remember a lot of people saying that, you know, it's probably is, 
um, Blackbeard that inherited uh, Zebek's will. And uh, I think Whitebeard, when he um, was killed in action, I think he recognized that, um, you oh know, Blackbeard this... definitely did not inherit Roger's will. Uh, well, yeah, but I wonder if, if while it wasn't verbalized in his, uh, his last moments, he maybe wondered, oh my gosh, you remind me of rocks. My former captain. Maybe. Maybe. You know, and, you know, that's another thing that to me is just, is still kind of an anomaly, because Whitebeard was not one of the, it's like, if you look at several of the pirates, you think of brutality, you think of Blackbeard, you think of brutality, you think of, uh, Kaido, you think of brutality. You think of Big Mom, you think of brutality. You think of Kid, you think of brutality. When you think of pirates on average, you think of brutality in the One Piece world, which is kind of reflective of piracy in, in the real world. But Blackbeard, uh, no, Whitebeard sticks out among the various members of the Rocks Pirates. Because he didn't have this brutality, let the world burn mentality. He had this, I want a family mentality. Well, and he, and he more so or less, joined the Rocks Pirates because he was looking for the payday. Oh, yeah. Because uh, as you know. Yeah, because he would send that money. He would send the money. Right. He, he was financially. His, his... Right. He was financially supporting his um, home island. Uh, even even after he became, you know, Whitebeard, the the Yonko, the Emperor, he never forgot his roots. Essentially, right. he, it's, so you know, it's like for all for for you know, as big as the man was, he was always in reality. Sorry, and in even some ways in which he um uh, um. And even some ways in which he kind of made this facade of being this like big old bad boy, like that time when he was talking with Shanks and saying, "You're about a hundred years or too young to be talking to me, boy." <laughs> but it's like even for all of that, the reality was he was a humble man. He who always remembered his roots and always remembered um, where he came from and always wanted to support that. And like for example, when he declared. Um, Fishman Island as um, part of his territory, he was like, I don't want to see these people suffer anymore. I have pull, so I'm going to make sure these people are no longer suffered, suffering. And he got the gratitude of, uh, of King Neptune and uh, Jimbe. Jimbe was willing to fight and die for him as a result. He was just like, oh my, it's like, you did something I can, it's like, you did something I can never repay you. For so it's it's only fair that I'd be willing to fight for you, fight for your honor. As when he had that, how many day scrap with Ace? How many days did he go with him? Uh, white beard or black beard? Jimbe. A uh, Jimbe? Because uh, I cause, I cause forget. He, he fought he fought Jimbe before he fought White Beard, which didn't end well because he was already tired right um i i i it's been a while since i've referred back to that episode but that's another example chapter. Is, but that's another example is that you know he took the son of his greatest rival in yeah i a lot of these fights will go quite a few days like uh, if you remember the fight between uh akainu and aokiji three days was it 
I think it went on for like a week or something. Oh yeah, and it permanently changed. A week the, or like ten days, yeah, and it changed the landscape of Punk Hazard. And the result, so, the result was Sakazuki became the uh, the admiral, the fleet admiral, the yeah. fleet admiral. Yeah, but that's that that's going to be another and story Ak to talk and, about and, when and, we get there. And Akaokiji resigned from yeah. the Marines. Yeah. Um, so if we That's go, very, if we continue, that, that in and of itself is very interesting because you know, I, uh, I, you know, um, Sakazuki is this absolute justice, all or nothing. You're either you're you're either in it or you're not. You're you're fighting for the honor of the world of the Marines or you're not. But here he here is um, this guy who's like, I don't agree with you being the admiral. I'm going to fight you. And he beats him. He literally has his life in his hands and he spares him. It's like, why? There's only two possible things I could think of because I don't know if you've seen those theories, but some theories that have been brought up is that Akoji, uh, despite being um, aligned with the Blackbeard Pirates, like X Drake, is a sword member. That's one theory. The other theory I could think of is maybe that, um, maybe Sakazuki's mentality was I can see where you decide to fight. This was a fight of honor for the position, and I'm okay with with you having challenged me for it because it was a fight of honor. So maybe maybe it's. Or there might be some reason that we don't know. There's That's true. Several, Very true. That, but but those those are my top two theories. It's either he's part of Sword and he's infiltrating the Blackbeard Pirates, or he's um, or he just thought you know it was a duel of honor. I don't hold anything personal against you. So uh, we'll, we'll continue on with the chapter here, but it uh, looks like uh, 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 we see in uh, another panel um, the kids are going to get re-educated on who Kozuki Oden was, which means that they're going to recognize it for the hero that he actually was. Um, people are learning that Komurasaki, who was the courtesan, was actually... Um, Kozuki. Um, gosh, Really uh, forgetting uh, forgetting this this uh, stuff, um, but yeah, Kozuki Hiori. <laughs> um, uh, among some other things going on here, so this one's kind of interesting because page eight. So you know there you got um, Kawamatsu, you got Kenamon talking about building shrines and stuff. And then you see that the weapons are laid down for Ashura and Izo, almost as if um, they passed away. And it's like, have they? Or, or what's going on with that? You know, kind of hard to say. Uh, we talked about the malleability of death in the One Piece. It's like very few people have died in the present. In one piece. Um, what's um, who's the guy? Who's I? Um, Pell survived a bomb. 
Yeah, he was the a one who set the ball. he was the one who set the example of the malleability of death in One Piece because normally and a and a he took a giant bomb. But again, this is this is the fiction. This is the fiction of it all. But the fact is, is that yes, the the we're standard was about, set. We're talking about essentially superhumans in One Piece. Let's let's be honest, because. It's well, considering that, you know, some humans are, you know, can be anywhere from 10 to 20 feet tall. Yeah, you know. Yeah, hu- humans, not giants, humans. Like, like for example, Zoro took a, a giant sword from where your heart is down here. Blood spattering yeah. all over the place. Falls so, into the ocean and survives. So I'm These I'm looking at the wiki. Here. I am looking at the wiki for um, One Piece, and uh, at least according to the wiki, now this is this can always be subject to changing. But um, it's saying in the wiki that Izo and Ashida are are dead. So, for the time being, and they're going to be buried bef- beside um, uh, Shimotsuki Yasuie. Um, let's see what else uh, they've got going on here. Um, obviously, Kiyoti kicking um, Momonosuke. Not really getting over that. So, that's interesting. Zoro and Luffy have woken up from their slumber. So, the party is getting going. Um, they're there staying. Ever, I wonder if they're ever going to talk about the fact that they both discovered uh, um, their, uh, their 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 shoku or their um, their ability to use uh, um, conquerors hockey. Well, that'll probably be. You know, that, well, it was obviously not addressed in this chapter, but it might be addressed in the next chapter. I don't know. It's hard to say. I still think that's how he's going to defeat, um, uh, um, that's how Zoro is eventually going to defeat, um, Mihawk. So, obviously, they're talking around, um, obviously, Yamato is still talking about wanting to go with them and stuff, which, I don't know. Luffy hasn't accepted the invite yet. The, yeah, well, no, yeah, see, it's all, usually when, usually when people are going to join, it's Luffy's got to invite, uh, you know, Yamato's one, kind of inviting herself there's been, on. There's been one time when someone invited themselves on, and that was Nico, Robin. Right, but Luffy digs it, so we don't know what's going to happen yet, as far as Yamato is concerned. I don't know, uh, you know, hard to say, I mean, I, I'm... Kind of hoping Carrot can at least, you know, represent the, the Mink tribe, you know, in going on there. You got Jinbei, who's representing Fishmen now. Um, you know, a lot of diversity when it's coming to that. But uh, well, a lot of people are pointing out what position would Yamato have? Because we've got. Yeah, that's we, the thing. Yeah, because it's like, let's go through all the members of the, 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 the Straw Hat Pirates. You have Luffy, the captain. You have Zoro, the first mate. You have. Not unofficially. Him. Unofficially. Let's, he's let's, he's let's never been him. confirmed in canon. Let's call he's, him the he's... first mate. 
For yeah, well, intents, everybody thinks in, of him as the first mate. Oh, well, yeah, for all intents and purposes, he is the first mate. He fills that but role. But the thing is, the, the thing is, though, Oda's never canonically confirmed as the first mate. He's considered a combatant, which has always been interesting. But hey, maybe this might change in the in the in the next chapter or two. The re the reality is, he, let's for all intents and purposes. Okay, for academically, for academic purposes, let's call him the first mate. Then you've got Nami the navigator, Usopp the artillery. Um, yes, I don't know what exactly you'd call the artillery specialist or whatever. Mass, I mean, I think I think the official term is master at arms. Well, I think I know previous previously classic, previously Oda has written him as the Sogeki Shu, which is the sniper. But I don't think that's going to really in the roles that he's except you know roles he's had to fill since then. I'm not sure if the sniper is really the correct term to give to Usopp at this time. I I you know let's um. I'm well. I'm going by maritime. So mm -hmm. it, it, I'm I'm going by classic maritime. By classic maritime terminology, he's master at arms. So that's right. that's for Sanji's the cook, Chopper's the doctor, um, Frankie's the shipwright, Brooke is the musician, which typically isn't a term, but Luffy wanted one. Um, Robin. Robin. Yeah, I'm archaeologist. I'm Mr. Yeah, Ar Robin is the archaeologist, and Jimbez the the um the helmsman. Yes, Jimbez is the helmsman. Yes, he, he now, yes he's proudly accepted the helmsman when when fighting who's who. He was referred to as the former Shibukai, and is like I like the more prestigious position of ship of helmsman of. The <laughs> The straw hat pirates. But yeah, it's like what what role is Yamato gonna fill? Now there's I've seen Unless, how there's been the I, I could see I could see her fitting one role. Log keeper. Okay. That's I, I've seen the arguments about Carrot. That, you know, she the, could fill the role for a lookout, you know, because she she uh, can be high. I forget what the crow's nest position is called. There's 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 a uh, there's a position for that. Mm -hmm. There's a terminology for that. So well, if you think about, it, they could both join, and then Yamato be the log keeper, and Carrot be the um, the crow's nest mm -hmm. position. So yeah, you know, and again, it's who knows what's going to happen. I you know. To me, ever since Yamato has been introduced, I just haven't quite felt her, you know, fulfilling a certain role. But, you know, and a lot of people are all like, well, yeah, she'll be great for the role and stuff like that. So, I oh, don't yeah. know. And let's, Again, and let's also let's also clarify something. I know a lot. I know Yamato has been identified as the son of, of um, Kaido and has identified as Kozuki Oden and... Stuff like that, but I think officially Oda classifies Yamato as a she. Oh, the Vivri card. The yeah. Vivri card identifies her, and um, that's what we're going to stick with for the time being. Um, yeah.
we won't get much into that because uh you know it is what it is um yeah so i think when we get into the closing panel though the world government acted pretty fast because they've already got the bounties out so and uh you got right and scratchman is saying that they've named it looks like a couple of the guys in here you know in that group that beat um you know that beat kaido and big mom looks like a couple of them are going to be named emperors of the sea and um you know the question there is do kid and law co-hold that position well you know for a fact luffy is going to be one of the one of of the emperors yeah it was kind of already unofficially labeled as the um as the fifth emperor yeah as the fifth emperor you know you know for a fact is luffy's going to be now are they going to continue using yonko or are they going to actually put blonde kid in there too and are they going to call it the goko you know or are they going to call it another name in the Japanese translation? I'd be interested to see what, what that's going to do. But the fact of the matter is, it's like the, the power balance has been upset and the world government has to kind of fill that void to an extent. So I think if Luffy's going to be called an emperor, you know for a fact he's going to be declaring Fishman Island um and then on top, you know, his territory. And then on top of that, you know that the 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 star the straw hat grand fleet is gonna be really moving around and stuff. So, and then the last thing that we see for the chapter is that Rokugyu is in Wano. I guess he has some ability to fly. Yeah, some weird ability. Oh, so, this is the first time we're actually seeing Rokugyu. Um, go out, aka and, Green Bull. Yeah, go out and do something. So it looked. Uh, now, it, I this forgot, almost. Now, I forgot. I forgot. Was is Doku Gyu one of the people that was drafted by the World Draft? Yes. And so he was. So he was drafted, and within two years of the draft, became an admiral. Well, same with Fujitora. Yeah. So, but Fujitora that, was also drafted. But that just goes to show how exceptional these two, and we finally get to see what how exceptional. Um, yeah, Rokugyu, no, aka no, Green Bull. Yeah, Rokugyu is, because even though he seems to be a tad bit lazy. Well, and you know, you know what what his the way that they're shaping up his entry in Awano. You know what it is reminiscent of, right? Um, Akawaji. Yeah, Aokiji. Aokiji. Yeah, when he was riding his bicycle across the ocean. So, yeah, but I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like after however many days, Luffy. Well, I don't, I don't think they're gonna engage directly. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Lokugyu is going I, to do. I doubt I doubt he has because Aokiji just completely decimated the Straw Hats when he went there. He could have killed everybody, but he let everyone live. So I don't think he's going. I don't. But now I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have the same 
um, chances against the Straw Hats. He 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 would. Well, he, he is an admiral. Well, you never know. Well, well, my my point with Al is like with Al Kiji, I don't think he would be able to combat the Straw Hats the same way that he did the last time. He would whoop them. He might win, but he could only win on a one on one with somebody. He can only win on a one on one. If he's facing more than one person, he doesn't win. Especially with Sanji. Sanji's fire leg. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think Aokiji could could de decimate the straw hats like he did the last time. So, but um, and then uh. So I don't think Aokiji is, um, I don't, I think he's going there to see how things are. I don't think he's going to be able to make too big of an impact. He's not going to go out and decimate people, not with all the firepower of people that are there. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Like, he might, he, he might be going out, oh no, I meant CP0 is supposed to be going after Robin, so... I think he's probably going out there to scout the situation. I don't think he's gonna go and um, decimate the straw hats like Aokiji did. All right, Matt. Well, I would be I would be surprised if that happened. Well, we're definitely in for a big chapter next week. Oh yeah, That's we did. We did have that. the announcement that uh, that after this layoff, this month layoff in which we could talk about who knows how much stuff with One Piece. Um, uh, we're going yeah, I think once the, once the one or Yeah, once the one or concludes, Oda's taking a month break, and then we are going to be officially in the in the final saga, like you mentioned, of the series. And um, I'm not I'm, sure how long it'll take, but I'm you know, Wano took... Yeah, I'm still making a prediction. I do think it's going to be um I do think it's gonna be what's it called? Um I think it's gonna be the the red haired pirates versus uh, I think the red haired and the straw hats are gonna make an alliance and they're gonna take on the Blackbeard Pirates. That I'm calling that. Yeah, we'll have to see, you know, it's going to be interesting. Know, when it comes to predictions, I've been wrong before, so, but that's my personal prediction. Well, speaking of predictions, Matthew, um, Luffy's at 1.5 billion, I believe. Uh, or was it 50? No, he's at... Uh, uh, he's at 15, 15 billion. So, uh, Monkey D. Luffy, your prediction for his bounty raise? Fifteen billion. Um, what? Defeated Kaido, the uh, Kaido of the Beasts. Kaido was what? Um, uh... he had he had the the series' largest active bounty, which was. Four point six billion, or it's four point six billion. So actually, 
Luffy was 1.5 billion. 4.6. And he's always gotten larger than... Um... I think Lin Lin was uh, 4 point... Lin Lin was 4.3. Uh, what were Whitebeard and... Um... Whitebeard and... and... Roger. Gold Roger were both in the fives. Um, I'm gonna say five. He's not gonna be at the point of Whitebeard, but he's gonna be around there. You you think Luffy's gonna be? He's gonna get up to five billion. Yeah, because he he. So that's that's more than Shanks. That's an interesting one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that high. Oh yeah, where's, where's Shanks in the in? Shanks is, I think, straight four billion, four billion something. Okay, then I'll say like maybe just under Shanks then. Okay, a little I'll bit so four, four billion flat. Okay, I don't, I don't think it'll be that big, but I think, I think it'll double to three. Um, it'll be larger than Blackbeard, but it it'll be lower than it will be lower than uh, um, Shanks. Obviously, I think it'll be three billion, but you're going to say four billion. Okay. Um, I'm also, I'm also liking because you know now you have Nika the Sun God versus. Uh, okay, I see. I, okay, I see where you're going because they they deem it an even more existential threat. The world government, because the world government never really they they some of the some of the reasons why they put a high bounty they they don't really they'll list a bunch of stuff but they'll never list the the actual reason is what you're saying. Yeah, but um, I was I was just looking at something else, you know, uh, with the future now you've got Nika the Sun God Light versus Blackbeard, Blackbeard. Darkness. It's like this, okay. this this okay. is now the perfect light, dark, good, evil. Because okay. if you look at it, in reality, Blackbeard's, it's like when he started out, he seemed kind of, meh, okay. But it's like as time has gone on, he just kept going a darker, more evil path. Whereas Luffy has always been a good guy. He's, it's like. He's always had the best of intentions with his actions, so I think that's where it's gonna that that's gonna go. So um, at least for the other guys, so um, we're running a little bit short on time. But um, for Kid, Law, Zoro, you think they'll all get above a billion? Right I'll, now, they're I'll, all not at a billion yet. I'll say yes. I'm not gonna make a prediction on where. So, and then I think the last one I think will predict Sanji. You think he'll make a billion or he won't quite get there because he didn't really take on anyone. He did defeat, now he did defeat Queen. Was Queen at a billion? Queen was above a billion. I'm going to make, I'm going to say Sanji's going to get over a billion. Okay. He beat over a billion guy. He, that's, he should get that position. I'll say 900. I'll say 900. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, we're going to be in for a big chapter next week, and uh, we'll 
see how that goes. Um, we'll try to see about some other stuff. Uh, Matthew, for this coming Saturday, uh, any uh, UFC or Bellator events coming your way? Uh, let's see. Well, there's no Bellator. There is Professional Fighters League 4 on Friday, and then uh, UFC on ESPN. I don't even know the numbers, but... Um, yeah, there's a there's a USC event on uh, Saturday. Oh, brief, brief, brief review. Um, Last night. Uh, yeah. So uh, we had Jerry Prochaska um upset Glover Teixeira. Ooh. Late in the end of the fifth round to take the championship. That was a back and forth. I, I haven't checked if that was fine tonight. Wouldn't surprise me. Valentina Shevchenko after two rounds came back. Another three rounds to defeat Talia Santos, breaking her orbital bone in the process. And uh, Zhang Wei Li retired Joanna Njerchek. Tired her. Retired her, yeah. She, she, uh, she, in MMA, there's the tradition now where, which is similar to the, the wrestling tradition, but instead of putting your shoes in the octagon, you put your gloves in the octagon. I was kind of already predicting it because it's like as it was ending, she was taking her gloves off, and then they they did the post fight interview, and she said, "Yeah, I'm I'm retiring." Took her gloves off, put them in the octagon. All right, beast oh, of Math. a woman. All right, Matthew. As always, uh, we went quite I'm long this also, this time. Um, I'm gonna say my fighter of the week. Uh, for this is exclusive um mma freak fire of the week because you know we do a lot of tradition i'm gonna say mma fire of the week is going to be jiri prochaska for his upset a win against uh glover Teixeira. all right yep. well that's gonna be it for today matthew uh where can uh where can our viewers find us on uh social media Okay, on YouTube, uh, for our visual podcast, we are on YouTube and Rubble. For our audio podcast, we're on Acast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Uh, specifically, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. More platforms to be announced, and uh, the relaunch is not quite complete. So if you see any um, Samurai Brothers Wrestling, that's because I haven't transferred things over, but we're working on that. All right, Matthew is uh, also on um, Twitter. You can find him at Matthew Salzer, and uh, and then also he runs MMA Freak, which is uh, the website is mma-freak.com. You can follow the Twitter for MMA Freak. Um, it's called M- at MMA Freakout. So make sure you give him a follow there. And uh, we're hope- hoping that we could get the uh, the podcast on the Twitter as well very soon. And, um, you know, we're, we're having a lot of stuff planned, um, a lot of things coming up as we're transitioning and just trying to provide some uh, fun commentary and stuff and just talking about uh, things that we like, you know, Japanese, uh, combat-related, all sorts of stuff. So, um, you know, thank you to those who are following us. Uh, so, Matthew, again, thanks as always uh, for... Uh, your insightful commentary, and uh, to all our uh, 
viewers. Uh, we hope to see you again. So take care and uh, have a great week.